0: just jump on our website, empowerchurch.co and all the details are there. We really hope that you enjoy the message. Lord, we just thank you. You're so good. We honour your presence today. As I'm speaking, I pray, Father, that you would help us just go deeper. Give us spiritual understanding like Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 1, May the spirit of wisdom and revelation be in this place. We don't want to just, like sermons are so boring. We want revelation. We want your power. We want to see miracles break out in this place. We we don't want to just play church. We don't want to just be a Sunday attending Christian that kind of goes through the motions. But we really desire to be used by you powerfully. And so right now, Father, we individually take responsibility for our own heart, for our mind, for our thinking, for, for these next few moments as we come around your word. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would do what only you can do and change us from the inside out. Father, uh, let your spirit come, let that, that wisdom and revelation come and just, uh, just reveal more of who you are in this place. May the name of Jesus be glorified and every other name put down. May the name of Jesus be exalted above sickness. Above anything in the realm of the spirit, we declare that the name of Jesus is greater. And so we take authority over this atmosphere and this environment. We cancel out depression. We cancel out any assignment of the enemy against people's lives. We thank you, Lord, that you are a healer of the sick. And so we just ask, Holy Spirit, as we preach your word, that miracles, signs and wonders, healings of bodies would break out in this place. I'm also praying, God, that as we speak, just fresh vision for the future would be unlocked. I'm also praying, Holy Spirit, that there would just be the spirit of prophecy in this room, that your power would invade this place, that you would align people's destinies with the the preferred future that you have for them. So today, as we come with a hungry heart, as we come with a heart of desire for you, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts, change our lives and let your presence be made manifest here today in Jesus' name, amen. Are you ready? You ready to take some notes today? Lots of scriptures to write down, you ready to go? Come on, let's do this, let's do this. Uh, Last week I spoke about, um, I'm gonna drop this down just a little bit. Last week I spoke about um, relationships. And so you'll find as you you are a part of Empower Church that especially around the stewardship, like we, we talk about money once a year. We don't do offering talks. And it's not because we're not scared. It's not because we're scared of talking about money. In fact, we're going to talk just clearly, boldly about finances. But w- the reason why we don't do not do an offering talk every week is because we want people to give out of a commitment from their heart that they make that they don't need a preacher to remind them about. Amen. Because otherwise, you're living out of someone else's commitment and revelation, not your own. If it's truly a revelation and a commitment, then you'll move heaven and earth to do and to live out that revelation that you have in your heart. For example, a revelation for me is and for my household and for for Alicia and and myself is that um, we see the value, I'm preaching to the choir, but we see the value in gathering as the church on a Sunday to worship Jesus. We have our language is slightly different here. We don't come to church because we are the church. So we as the church come and gather to worship Jesus. You might think, oh, it's just a play on words. It is, but there's this one of the things the Holy Spirit was speaking to me about today is the spirit of religion is like a spy in our midst. The spirit of religion is like a double agent in our midst. And it looks like we're doing all this cool religious church stuff, and all of a sudden, what the spirit of religion does is it influences us to think more about the activity of religion than the identity of religion, which is Jesus. And we get caught up living these lives of doing, 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 thinking that we're pleasing him. But really, we have a form of godliness, like 2 Timothy tells us, but we don't have any power. And isn't that an honest picture of the Western church, a form of godliness, the church gathering but no power. And so we are on a mission to redeem and to come back to the fullness of Christ in our community. We are on a mission, we are on assignment, our hearts are directed and focused towards us being the kind of church that is the church. Are you with me this morning? And so last week we spoke, about, um, we spoke about stewarding relationships, excuse me, and I, I don't think um, one of the things I was reflecting on this week on, on that message is around, the, I suppose, the rules of stewardship that you and I need to know before I get to our next topic. The rules of stewardship, I'm just gonna give you two today. Number one is value, write that word down, value. And number two is understanding. What I mean by the rules of stewardship of value and understanding is that you'll never steward or manage God's way if you don't, number one, have a value for that thing. If you don't have a value for what God has put in your life whether it's time talent treasure whether it's relationships if you don't have a value on relationship then you and and can see it through the prophetic god lens for your life then you will never steward it the way that God wants you to so you, you and I, one of the first things that we need to invite the Holy Spirit into is God, would you let me see the things that I carry? Would you let me see them through your eyes? For all the parents out there, obviously your children are absolutely priceless, but that's why you have a commitment in your heart to steward them. That's why I don't steward your children. Why? Because it's all about level of value. Are you with me? And so we've got to take responsibility. The only way that we can do that is by asking the Holy Spirit. It's a God thing. Don't try to work it out. I can see you going, oh, hang on. What can I write down? It's a God thing. Stop trying to live your Christianity without the Holy Spirit. You can clap on that. I thought that was good. I'm going to clap myself. That's why I like the headset mic because I can just clap my own preaching. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like, we've got to stop trying to solve the problems that we're facing without Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is the helper. And so if, you're, if you don't have a revelation of value on your career, on the relationships you're, you, you're in or on the, the talents that you have, ask the Holy Spirit, the helper, the paracletos, Ask the helper to come and help you and he will spend some time in prayer. Stop trying to think the inside's gonna change when you're just changing the outside. That's why New Year's resolutions don't work. We don't need new resolutions, we need a new revelation. Amen. So we need to be inviting the Holy Spirit and we need to be uh, really zooming in on this idea of value. The other one is around understanding or information because it's different things require another way of saying it might be this, this might be a bit better. But we need, it's one of the undersold gifts of the Spirit and it is vital in this time. It's the gift of discernment. It's understanding, discernment. Why? Because at times you've got many things. Your life is not just a one-dimensional thing, right? So because it's multi-dimensional, because you've you've got to pay the bills and because you've got a partner or you've got studies or you've got this or you've got that, you've got all these different things. And so you and I have to continually be asking the Holy Spirit, so, would you help me discern? Would you give me understanding and how to manage this in this season? Does that make sense? Today I want to talk to you uh, about um, about stewarding your words. Everybody say words. Turn to your, turn to your neighbor and say it, say it like you're a rapper. Say word. Words. You might have seen it written down or seen books or the old school preachers and stuff like that. They used to call it the law of confession, the power of confession, the law of confession. A quick disclaimer before we get to this. I'm trying to shift your mentality on the words that you speak. I want you to see the value, the importance and the power of the words that you speak. I want you to at the end of this sermon to leave this place thinking deliberately and intentionally about the words that are coming out of your mouth. It is my prayer that the Holy Spirit in partnership with your open heart, you would do an audit on your own heart, on the words that are coming out of your mouth. You would allow the spirit to just get that flashlight out to investigate deep down inside of you because your words come from somewhere. We'll talk about that in a moment. But right at the start, I want you to understand the place that we're going is I want you to be not thinking about your neighbor's words or your husband's words or your wife's words or the swear words that your friends are saying. I want you to be thinking about your words. I want you to be thinking about the words that you speak I don't want you thinking about the world's words. I don't want you thinking about the news's words. I don't want you to thinking about the latest YouTube influencers words. I don't want you thinking about any of the latest or the the most famous preachers words. I want you to be thinking about your words. Your words, the words that are coming out of your mouth from your heart. I want you to be thinking about your words. I want the Holy Spirit. I invite the Holy Spirit for my own life to come and really challenge me around the words that are coming out of my mouth. It's important. The the next little thing that I want to say in this this disclaimer is I'm going to say some things today that, uh, that may sound like what you've heard the prosperity gospel preachers say. If you just say Ferrari a thousand times, it'll happen. You'll get home from church today after Macca's on the way home and there'll be a shiny red Ferrari. If that, that'd be awesome if it did happen. Send in a testimony. Um, <laughs> we are not a prosperity preaching church. We are not a prosperity gospel preaching church in the sense of we believe that God is a prospering God and he wants good things because he's a good father. Matthew 6 teaches us if that we're, he's so much better than any earthly father. And I'm a father and I want best for my kids. So I want to give things to my kids that they want. But I also understand that when they say, Dad, Maya might say, Dad, I want to drive the car. Uh uh-uh, uh, you're four years old. So there's wisdom attached in what the father releases in giving in different seasons. Does that make sense? And so. want to put this out as a disclaimer so that you don't walk away from here thinking that the only thing that I need to do is operate in the spiritual law of confession, the old blab it and grab it type of mentality. Having said that, I do really want to be clear that I do believe fundamentally, this is just for Matt Garner, I do believe that God wants to bless us. I do believe that God wants to put resource in our life. Why? So that we can be a blessing to others so that we're not living in this place. I think that when you get in a realm, I'll teach this in the, when we talk about money in a few weeks' time, not next week, but probably the week after. When we get in the realm of extravagance, we've actually lost and we've, we, we're, we're not in the realm of God's purpose around, our, around finances and the will of God. Because money is simply a tool that God wants us to use to be the kingdom of heaven on earth. So the law of confession or the power of words. First thing, write this down, that the tongue is a tree of life. Proverbs 6 verse 2 says this, says you were snared by the words of your mouth. You were taken by the words of your mouth. You are snared by the words of what? Someone else's mouth? No, of your mouth. Proverbs 12 verse 13 says, The wicked is ensnared by the transgressions, transgression of his lips, but the righteous will come through trouble. A man will be satisfied by the good fruit of his mouth, and the recompense of a man's hands will be rendered to him, proverbs fifteen thought four, or Thor. This isn't a marvel movie. A wholesome tongue, listen to this, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. proverbs eighteen twenty one. One that we quote quite a lot, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. See in the realm of the spirit, can we all acknowledge today if we're Bible believing Jesus following people, that there is a natural realm that we live in, but there is also a spiritual realm that we coexist with. The death, burial, and resurrection, and I've been teaching you, haven't gone into a lot of depth around this at this point in time, but I will. The, the, because we were made in the image and likeness of God, the reason why the devil hated us so much is because he wanted to be made in the image and the likeness of God. Pride entered his heart. It's foolish for us to think that the devil wanted to be God. He didn't want to be God. He wanted to be like God. And so the reason why he has such beef with humanity is because there was another creation that was made called mankind that were made in the image and likeness of God. And it's because we were made in the image and the likeness of God that we are given, a, uh, we are given an access. We are given an authority and we are given a dominion in this world, but also in the spirit realm that the devil has been after. And because we were made in the image of God we were, and created in his likeness, we were also given, um, and this is more an acknowledgement, that we must acknowledge that the world that we live in here, touch, feel, these senses, is just one part of our existence. One of the greatest strategies of the enemy is to get our eyes exclusively focused on what I'll call this third dimensional realm. Just earth, like everything that just happens is just happening here. But there are spiritual laws at play that exist within the spiritual realm that have then an effect in this realm. Not everything is a demon, not everything is a spirit. Stop lifting up your rug thinking, oh, there might be a demon under that. There's probably not. Most of the things that you and I actually struggle with, right, aren't actually about demons or principalities and powers. Most of the things that you and I struggle with are actually about unrenewed thinking. And so often you don't actually need deliverance You need repentance and you need a change of mind because you can't cast out unrenewed thinking. Are you with me? So you can do as much warfare and you can pray in the spirit violently for 25 minutes a day. You can go get sozo. You can do all those sorts of things. But unless you change here, you're going to remain the same and you're going to be saying well, I tried that church, that pastor didn't have the authority in this ministry and you're gonna go church hopping and conference hopping and the next big speaker comes down, you're gonna be there and and there's nothing wrong with those things in their own sense except for you to take some responsibility around what's happening inside of your own life. And so the tongue, the words that we speak, the words the Bible's telling us that they're a tree of life and so in this realm of the spirit, the realm of the spirit operates by laws. It doesn't just operate just in any way. It's an ordered, systematic space. Just like in this realm, we have gravity. Just like in, in, um, we have cause and effect. We have sowing and reaping. There are different laws. And one of the laws, in fact, I'll say it like this, the spirit realm is largely voice-activated things happen at the power of your words because God has created you that way and so words words when we partner with the holy spirit they really direct the narrative of our lives and so this is why i'm praying that you'd get this revelation that you'd get this that you'd have this supernatural kind of insight into this idea that my words are actually really really powerful when you're ensnared by the words that come out of your mouth, I want you to remember that death and life come out of the power of your tongue. And so you can speak, you can speak and you can either be ensnared or in the same breath you can speak and you can have the very instrument of your freedom within your mouth. Are you with me today? And so let's, where do we start? Let's start by asking ourselves, a really important question. Where do my words come from? This is why the blabber and grabber kind of theology, remember we're talking about stewarding, we're talking about using the things that God's given us in the way that God wants us to use them, managing them God's ways. And so it's important for us to understand the value of our words, the importance of our words. This is why the blabber and grabber thing doesn't work Because it's not a thing that comes from the heart. It's just like Ferrari a million times. It it doesn't work that way. I know this might sound a little bit crazy, but sometimes the world is better at operating because they're not closed down by religion. The world are actually better at times at operating in the spirit realm than the church. You're so quiet. Where do we start? We've got to start with the heart. Where do words come from? Write that down. Words come from the heart. Words come from the heart. Matthew chapter 12, 35. Let's just read a whole lot of scriptures and then we'll talk a little bit. A good man, Matthew 12, 35, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man Out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. For by our words, for by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned. Can I back up these thoughts with scripture? Is that all right? That's pretty powerful when we're talking about words, isn't it? Are you getting that Holy Spirit heart check right now? (laughs) A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. Brings forth good things. Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart. You know this? With all diligence, for out it springs the issues of life. First Corinthians three, verse nine, for we're God's fellow workers. You're God's field and you are God's building. We're partnering with God. And we're creating things with God. We're in partnership with God. I don't have time to go to Genesis and talk to you about the image of God, how we were created and how that God created the world. We might talk about that. But there is a spiritual law that says, whatever you speak, that's what you're gonna produce. And so this is why your heart, you've gotta keep doing a heart check on your own life. You've gotta keep doing a heart check The seedbed for the miraculous in your life is the heart. It is inside of you. It's not just putting an offering in the bucket. It's not just doing these things. It's your heart. The condition of your heart is the thing that determines how you approach these moments with God. And if your heart's become hard and calloused in areas towards religion, or you've been hurt by church, or you've heard, the, heard preaching about money before, or, or stewardship, and uh, it was done out of turn. Firstly, I apologise for that. Secondly, that, that isn't an issue with every single church, but often that can become an issue with your heart. And often we we uh, try to change jobs and we try to change relationships and we try to change this and that, but the true thing that's going on is that you take your heart with you wherever you go. And so we've got to make sure that we understand that our words are coming out of our heart. So out of a good man, out of a good heart, good treasure or good things are produced. And so it's important for us to understand that that, that our hearts, we've got to steward our hearts. Proverbs 23 verse seven says, for as a man thinks within himself, so is he. Whatever seeds you sow in the sanctuary of your heart will inevitably sprout. And once they do, once you voice them and you speak them out, they become reality in your life. And so I want you to view your heart like the soil of a garden. I want you to view your heart like a garden. I want you to see it like a garden. I live in Eltham and we've had to do a lot of work in our garden over the years and um, it's just like Eltham clay. It's been hard. Um, I'm looking around because I know there's a lot better gardeners in the room right now and so and it's probably a lot worse so that makes me feel better about my life. Um, But uh, we've... This is a full old age statement right now. But we've fallen in love with gardening. (laughs) It's bad, hey? What what has happened? (laughs) Lord, deliver me. Um, But what I know about about gardening, the very limited I know about gardening, is a lot is dependent on the soil. A lot is dependent on what the content of this earth is. And so in our very hard, clay, boggy area of Eltham, We've had to put lime and different things to try to break up the soil, a lot of organic matter, to try to make the soil fertile, to prepare the ground, to prepare it for it to grow. Because it's important that the heart, the ground, the, gar- the if the garden's going to grow, the heart's got to be right. The thing that annoys me the most about gardening, and I want you to see this as a metaphor for your life, is that somehow weeds grow anyway? Yes. <laughs> and there's one thing that I know like, I went to do the lawns yesterday. Shout out all, all the lawn mowers out there. I went, <laughs> I went to do the lawns yesterday and I hadn't done the lawns for a long time. No one's shouting out anymore. Thanks for your support. They were so long in some areas that I couldn't mow them just with the normal mower because they were too long they were cl- and it was a bit wet. They were clogging up my mower. Don't shake your head, Stuart, how dare you? <laughs> so I had to get the, the snipper out and give it a trim before I could run the mower over. And the point is, this is the same thing about weeds. You know this about weeds as well. Weeds start off small. They're easy to pull out when they're small. It's the same with your heart. Those little lies are easy to pull out when they're small. But when they grow, not only is it a lot harder work, it's a lot more time consuming and they're they're harder to pull out. So I'm saying all this to say that your words, which are forming your worlds, are coming from the garden of your heart. And so you and I above anything else, right? We may come into a time in the next 10, 50 years where we can't gather as Christians in corporate gatherings like this. That may happen, we don't know. Right? But the point isn't about the gathering, the point is about the heart. Because you can be in a prison this is what I love about it -- is Paul and Silas' bodies were shut up in the inner prison, but their hearts weren't there. Their hearts were somewhere else. Their hearts were in a praise party somewhere and they were words, the reason why they they could have been in a prison, everyone else is murmuring, but their hearts are anchored in heaven and eternity. And so you can go through hell, you can go through sickness, you can go through pain. But friend, what's gonna determine how you respond in life's most difficult moments is by what's in your heart. Don't wait till you get into the prison to work out what's in your heart. Start asking the Holy Spirit now to change your heart. And so whatever you put in your heart, whatever you plant in the garden of your heart is going to come out. And it comes out through words. I want you to write this down. All increase, and this is prosperity gospel disclaimer but all increase or decrease comes by the mouth, comes by your tongue, words. And this is another spiritual law. Proverbs fifteen four. It says a wholesome, or other translations say, a healing tongue is a tree of life. We've just read that, haven't we? But um, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Wholesome times when one's speech st- strays from purity and truth, it creates like fissures. It creates cracks in your in the in the spirit in your spirit. Though that and through that, like you and I leak as human beings. And so this is why it's important for us to understand that there's healing, there's wholeness in the power of the tongue. Let's keep moving Proverbs 18:20. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the from the fruit of his mouth, from the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who eat it love it. I want you to see your words. I want you to view your words like you are in like I want you to have the mindset of construction. Does that make sense? I want you to have the mindset of, const- of like that you're building something with your words. I know this with our four kids, but there is, it's important for us to understand that even in moments where we discipline our children, words are really, really important in how we speak to one another, are really, 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 really important. In in how our children see mum and dad operate each other, we are constructing a reality for their future marriage. Are you with me? When someone gives us, um, when something in life happens to us and the kids see it or people in our team see it, right? Right? when things happen in life like that, our children or those around us, our staff or our team or those that um, are in our proximity of relationship, when they see it, I'm constructing a reality of how to respond by how I respond. And so I want you to see it, I want you to have a mindset of construction when it comes to your words. Psalms 50, 23, read it in the Old King James. Whoso offereth praise glorifies me. And to him that ordereth, I love that, his conversation aright, I will show the salvation of God. Whoever offers praise glorifies me. And to him that orders his conversation. I wanted to see that word orders. He who constructs and builds his conversation right. Can I put, a, can we have a pastoral moment? I always ask for permission, don't I? I'm going to say it anyway. I think it's really important that we listen to the conversations we're having with our close friends. Can we get real for a moment? <laughs> Out of the old King James and into just me talking. Because what's really in your heart comes out when you're with those you're most familiar with. And so, for example, if rude joking or seeing sexual innuendos in, we're going there, people, in things that are just happening in life and they become just a part of your humour, there's something wrong with your heart. I'm just calling it. I've got all these sermons happening in my head right now and I'm just wondering, it's like choose your own adventure. Which path shall I take? <laughs> there are some things in life they won't, they won't, you won't go to hell because of, but they won't help your life. I think we should be really mindful because the world are looking for a distinction about who we are. And when we look and sound and behave the same as the world. So when your, when your world is just swearing and F this, S that, rah, rah, rah. You've got an opportunity with your words to construct a different reality of how they view you. I personally, I'm very conservative, okay? So this isn't like a go to hell statement. But I personally don't think we as the body of Christ should swear. Oh, but it's culturally acceptable. The S word doesn't mean what it used to 20 years ago. All that I would say to that, like, cause this gets legalism and like religious, right? If you make a rule about it. I'm not making a rule about it. I'm just saying how, for me, for Matt Garner. I'm just sharing my heart. Is that okay? Remember, I'm trying to give you the disclaimer That, like, you're not gonna go to hell. This isn't, God doesn't love you less. It's not like God's in heaven going naughty. He said the S word, it's inappropriate. That's not how God rolls. Right? I just think we've gotta be mindful that we, we have a social responsibility as a community of believers. And to be honest with you, we should be not taking our cultural cues from the world. But we should be taking our cultural cues from the scriptures. And one of the reasons why we've become so weak as a church, the reason why you can say things about the Christian church, oh man, I can't, I'm, um, hmm, hmm. And the Christian church will just stay Silent. But if you say things about Islam, mm. the spirit of deleting this podcast is coming upon me. <laughs> It'll be uproar. That is not the world's fault. That is because the, the world don't see us any different to them. And so we have a, our words are important. Our joke, like, think about it, like when you're with your mates and you're just having that conversation, you're at a bar, you're doing whatever, you're hanging around, what is the conversation like? Because that will tell me what's in your heart. And this is why the Bible says whenever two or three gather in my name, I'm in the midst, we've thought that that's a small group. No, because you can have latte time all you want and Jesus is not there unless you are intentionally inviting him into that space. It doesn't say whenever two people that love Jesus are there. It says when when two people that gather in my name, there's gotta be intentionality about it. And so if you're going through the week and not having one conversation about Jesus, We're getting real now. If you're going through the week and all you're thinking about is how you can make another dollar to buy the next toy, if you're going through the week and all that you're thinking about is how you can save up money to get that latest viral piece of clothing or, or hoodie or whatever it might be. If you're going through the week and your life is consumed with what's happening out there and no words are coming out of your mouth about the power of God, about how good this Jesus is, about the death, the burial, the miraculous resurrection of Jesus. If you're not sitting down in your, oh, can I, can I, I go can i really go there Can I really, really, are you ready for this? If you are a husband and wife and you are not talking about what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, about what the scriptures are challenging you with, then friend, please invite the Holy Spirit to come and investigate your heart. My prayer is that he convicts you, that he challenges you, that he changes you because it's that version of Christianity that has been influenced by a spirit of religion. you with me? I know this is strong, but I want you to see this, that as we steward our words, it's really, really important. Let me read these scriptures. Calv, can you jump up? And then we're going to go. This is going to be a 14-part sermon. (laughs) Psalms 101 verse 5, it says, Whoever secretly slanders his neighbor, neighbor, him I will destroy. I will cut off. There's power. It's strong, isn't it? That wasn't me then. I'm friendlier than the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Proverbs 3 to two, it says, a man shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth. How are you eating? By the fruit that's coming out of your mouth. Your mouth is producing something and your life is participating, partaking of what you're producing by your words. But the soul of the unfaithful feeds on violence. He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips, if you've got loose lips, you just can't control yourself. This is why gossip is such a pain to the church because it's using your mouth out of order to the way that God's asked you to use it. And that is why it's destructive. But he who opens wide his his lips shall have destruction. Proverbs 16, 21. Read some more scriptures. It's church, it's the Bible. Let's do it. The wise in heart shall be called prudent, but the, and sweetness of the lips increases learning. Increase is attached to the words, the lips. That, 2 Timothy 2, 16. But shun profane and idle or empty babblings, for they will increase or lead to more ungodliness. This is what I was trying to help you with before. If you were just, all you're talking is just, it's just kind of idle chatter, right? Now, I'm not saying every conversation is like, hello, Matthew, how are you? Yes, praise God. Yeah, here's the scriptures. Here's this. sorry, that's my sweaty microphone hand. Um, You know, here's the scripture. Here's this, like do life. Don't be a weirdo. I'm not saying be weird. All right? I'm not saying be weird. Please don't be weird. <laughs> but I'm thinking about what's in your heart. I'm, th- I'm asking you to be intentional. I'm asking you to do an audit of your life. I'm asking you to do an audit of what's happening in your world and allow the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you know how God wants to use you often? This is why this is important. While you're in vain chitter-chatter, babbling nonsense, right? Number one, it leads to ungodliness. That's what the Bible's teaching us. So if you wanna be ungodly, just entertain conversations about nothing. But if you wanna be intentional about your discipleship and growth, start talking about Jesus. Jesus. Can I give you some really practical things to do that will just weird people out the first few times you do it? Is that all right? But now I'm especially if you're married, right? Cuz I want to help you because you haven't done this for so long. So I want to help you break the ice. Right? Because otherwise it, it can feel quite confronting at times when someone Alicia's not here but when you can walk up the first time go, so what's the Lord saying? It's like, well, you caught me off guard. I'm cutting a carrot right now. He's saying, "Cut the carrot." You know what I'm saying? So I want to, I want to give you the. <laughs> my mind's a beautiful place, but I want to give you some tools. One of the, one of the strategies that has worked for Alicia and I is just around hey, when's a good time? Or maybe at dinner during the day. Don't. The point is, is don't. The surprise can, can feel like an attack. Instead, it's like, hey, Matt, I'd love to chat about what God's speaking to you around men in our church when you've got time for that. Alicia, maybe, and Alicia's a lot better at this than I am, but she's not here, so I'm gonna say I do it. Um, Alicia, It'd be cool for us to open up a conversation at the dinner time with the kids about what? Something in the Bible? You got anything? Nah, but let me. Well, I've three hours before dinner, so I've got time to think about it. You know what I'm saying? And then you're going to get in a rhythm and a routine where you can build a culture of speaking about Jesus in your home. See, your kids a lot of the time they backslide because. They get to the end of high school and they have a strong mechanism called the youth. I'm just preaching myself so happy right now because I feel like I'm just busting religions, but big time, right? Your kids, the reason why they fall out of church a lot of the time is because they, in high school, they're in a strong mechanism called the youth ministry that keeps them engaged in community. Then they leave to the workplace, university or further studies, and they're in a whole new different system. And they've only known their discipleship from that relational system. And when the system goes, at times a lot of the relationships go too. That's not right, firstly. But then what happens is they're introduced to this whole new world. And so the way that you counteract that, that's a part of life right now, is you've got to not lean on the mechanism of church organisation to disciple your own family. You've got to lean on your own spirituality and depth and maturity. And in fact, can I be so bold and so red to suggest today that their backslidden behaviours is just a reflection of your own Christianity. Let's go back to the Scriptures. They're worse than I am. All of Christianity is based, confession, Romans teaches us that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts, we shall be saved. Even salvation is enacted through the confession of the mouth. Yeah? So what do we need to do? What do we need to do? First of all, we need to check our hearts. Because it'd be... It'd be like the prosperity gospel says, "Change your words," but the scriptures actually teach, "Change your heart." And so, what we're going to do right now, and I know some of you don't say it out loud, is power in your words. You're going to say, "Thank you, Jesus," to this next thing. Um, we're going to we're going to wrap up the sermon there. I'm like halfway through, folks. I've got a lot of tangents still to go on, but I feel like we need to just bring our hearts before the Lord just afresh to say God Holy Ghost here I am if I look at my conversations my words God you're not that present and what I've been hearing today is that's because you're probably not in my heart other things are so come on let's stand to our feet it is pretty early though isn't it it's only 11.45 We're normally like a four-hour church service. Hello. What's Jesus saying to you lately? Oh, there's even carrots down there. (laughs) My mum's calling. Oh, my gosh. She hung up. She was like, oh, no. Oh, praise you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, for the deep work of the Spirit of God in our hearts right now. Come on, would you just talk to the Lord in your own way? I believe He wants to speak to you right now. Come on, young people, you engage too, engage, connect with Him, just bring your heart before Him, let Him speak to you. I just believe that revelation is just gonna be unlocked right now, calling destiny vision. We bless the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, the name above all names. We bring our hearts. We humbly bring our hearts before You. Father, I bring my heart before You right now. It's not perfect, Father. There's weeds in the garden that need pulling out. And Father, some of these weeds, I don't even know how to pull them out. So I invite You, Holy Spirit, right now to come and do a work Come and do something deep inside of me. I submit myself to you, Father, where there's been ungodly thinking and ungodly stuff in my heart, stuff that is not of you, Father. I repent of it right now. I repent of it right now and I ask for your forgiveness, Jesus. I ask for you to wash me in the blood of the Lamb, make me white as snow. Change me from the inside. Change me, Jesus. Change me, Lord. Change me, Jesus. Change me, Father. Lord, I thank you that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I thank you, Father, that you have because of the the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, you have made me right with God and I give you praise for that I give you praise for that come on you pray your own prayers right now you spend some time speaking to the speaking to the God that loves you right now Thank you, Lord. Come on, if there's stuff in your heart, just lift your voice and say, I repent. Forgive me, change me. Oh, Lord, my heart, Father, the ground of my life, the soil of my life has become hard at times, Jesus. Lord, I've got, I've got a heart of stone, Father. Give me a heart of flesh. I've got a heart, Father, that's become dull and doesn't know how to connect with you, Lord, that's become good at connecting with religion, but not you. And so today, Spirit of the Living God, God, pour water on my soul, pour water on my heart. Revive me in Your ways, Lord. Revive me in Your words, Jesus. Let the Spirit of God come and water the ground, the heart, the ground of my heart again. Father, that Your Spirit and only things of Your Spirit would begin to grow and would begin to bring fruit, Father, would begin to change things, Lord. Do it for Your glory, Father. Use me for Your glory, Jesus. Use me for your kingdom come and your will be done, Father. Use me, Father, with the broken and use me with the hurting, Father. Use me, Jesus. And Father, we bring our hearts before you. And we bless you. We thank you, Lord, right now. We thank you, Jesus. We praise you, God. Thank you, Lord. And Father, as a spiritual leader in this this church community, over this region, operating in the authority that you've placed on me, as a priest over this region, Father, I declare a blessing over every family. I declare a blessing, I declare favour over every single family. I thank you, Lord, that the backslid, and I declare backslidden children are going to come back to Christ even this week. I declare it in the name of Jesus. I declare it right now, I declare it right now, I declare it, come on, your words are like seeds that when you prophesy them, when you prophesy those words, when you declare those words, you're planting seeds in the future of someone's life, that's why we dedicate children in the way that we do, because we're planting a prophetic word that one day in 20 years time, they'll meet that prophetic word, and so we prophesy over our children right now, I prophesy, come on, you name your own children, but I prophesy over my my own children over Ella, over Hallie, over MJ, over Maya. I prophesy encounters with you, Jesus. I declare into their future, Father, that they are blessed, that they are favoured, that they will encounter your love like never before, Jesus. I declare a blessing over this community, Father. Let this be a community, Father, that is brings about a reformation in our society, Jesus. I declare a blessing over every entrepreneur and every business owner. I declare over students right now, I declare creative ideas to be unlocked in the name of Jesus. We declare it. Thank you, Lord, over the sick here, Father. I use my words to minister the healing of Jesus to everybody in this room. And we just thank you, Father, for who you are. I had just thought about this as we close. But John Chapter one tells us in the beginning was the word. What was his name? The word, the word, the word. Man gave him the name Jesus, instructed by an angel, of course. But he was the word that became flesh and dwelt among the power of the word. So speak scriptures out, minister grace. You reflect Jesus in every way. Thank you, Lord God. Do you want to finish? Yeah, it's coffee time. But come on, we're going to just continue to pray. We're going to continue to hang out. Parents, you can get your kids. But if you want to pray sometime, I, just, I believe that this is what I believe right now. There's no judgment if you go, by the way, it's all good. But this is what I believe. There is a heart changing anointing spirit here right now. And so if you're really feeling like you need it, I needed something to change. Just come get out of your seat. We want to lay hands on you. We want to pray for you. And just do that now. Would you move quickly if that's you? Just come. Come on. Come on. Thank you Lord. Jesus friend